We are the Carwells. I'm Emily. And I'm Sarah. Welcome to the Superhost Labs podcast. (laughs) Welcome back, guys, to our show. And thank you, listeners, who are joining us again. We have Kanisha and Alicia here, who are also Airbnb hosts, who are going to talk all things Airbnb with us today. Hello, ladies. Hello. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Yes. Thanks for having us. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, For our listeners, I, to give you a little bit of backstory, I was having dinner in Tulum, Mexico, and was sitting next to Kanisha and a few other people and the conversations and the libations were flowing. (laughs) And so, and so everyone that was like around us were Airbnb hosts in one form or fashion. And so uh, one thing led to another and here we are connecting again on a podcast. (laughs) Um, But since Mexico, we've done some deep uh, stalking on their page and just starting to fall in love with their entire journey. So we're excited to have them here. Um, But as always, we start each episode with an Airbnb horror story. So before we get into that, why don't you guys take a second, introduce yourselves, tell everyone kind of a bit about who you are, and then we can kind of kick it off with some horror stories that you guys have gone through in your Airbnb journey. Okay. Hey. hey, well, um, my name is Kanisha. My partner here is Alicia. We are known as the Queens Who Flip. Um, we actually met a year ago, right? It's been a year now. Yes. At a networking <laughs> event. I clearly meet people networking. So. <laughs> um, it's been the way that I have collected such amazing people, um, such as yourself, Sarah. Um, I am a realtor here in the Orlando area. Um, I got into real estate about four years ago by accident. Um, I was very into styling and wardrobe styling. So that was my passion at the time, but it was not paying the bills. So um, my friend introduced real estate to me and I haven't looked back and it's been an incredible journey so far. Um, We love being Airbnb hosts. We love decorating. So it's my ability to flex my styling with interior decorating so it's been like really good to see the two merge together um and it's been exciting so thanks uh for having us and then i'll let alicia kind of tell a little bit about herself yes hi i am alicia and i'm also a realtor um i've been a realtor for about 10 years in the central florida area Um, I have a corporate background, ironically, in the hospitality industry, um, but I was very burned out and I was looking for a way um, to gain passive income, didn't fathom putting 25% down on a multifamily, having a mortgage, all of that. So um, I decided to leave corporate in the midst of a pandemic, went to a couple of networking events met Kanisha, our goals, our visions, everything aligned, and we partnered on some projects. So um, we created the Queens Who Flip, and we pretty much, you know, have short-term properties, Airbnbs, and some fix and flips. So it's been exciting. That's amazing. (laughs) I didn't realize also, Kanisha, that you had the background in styling, because in all honesty, that's kind of where Emily wanted to start originally as well. So it sounds like you guys have very similar stories. (laughs) My gosh, yes. Yes, I definitely, well, I went to school for fashion. I went to Florida State University, um, and I went to their fashion program. Then I left from there and went to work for Home Shopping Network um and in their buying department and then it kind of spun from there um but yeah so 
I have a background in fashion, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I kind of, my interior design gives me my uh, creative itch is what it does in this industry for me. I dream, my dream down the road after we kind of have this set up is to start like a graphic t-shirt company. I would love to do something like that one day. I love stuff like that. So when you said uh, fashion, I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to get along. (laughs) (laughs) I know, cut from the same cloth. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that's amazing. We're super excited to kind of pick your brains. Uh, there has yet to be an episode where we don't learn something from someone else on here. So we're excited to kind of um, dive into it. But before we get too far oh, yes. into it, do you guys have any Airbnb horror stories or what is your biggest Airbnb horror story that you guys have gone through so far? I feel like Alicia has to tell this one. <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, one of our properties the, that I pretty much manage I feel like that one has all the crazies um the one this is called the lake house this is this is our lake house and one that comes to mind immediately is someone that stayed there for about a week and um she checked out and she immediately left a review so that was exciting she immediately left a five-star review so I'm like okay we're safe and then 30 minutes later, she called freaking out saying that she left her sandal in the property. Well, the cleaner had already went there and the cleaner's like, I don't see a slipper. I don't see a sandal. I don't see anything. And so I told her, I said, hey, our cleaners didn't find a sandal. Um, And then she proceeds to start yelling and she tells us that it's an $800 um what brand was it kanisha it was like an 800 dollars gucci gucci slipper and i called the cleaner and she's crying and she's hysterical and she's like there's there's nothing here so the cleaner left i went up there because she was very adamant that this slipper was there she's like i have photos i took a video of the property when i left and i can clearly see that this slipper is in the video so i went up there and i did a walkthrough and as i was there someone was banging on the windows and screaming and cussing (laughs) cussing us out and so i reached out to her on the app (laughs) to let her know that she can't come to the premises and then that's when she proceeds to say that she's gonna call the police and it was just really really bad so waited for her to leave I left, called Kanisha, let her, you know, told her what was going on. And by the time I went back there, she had attempted to break through the window. Ah, (laughs) no. Why? And so at some point we were like, is she lying about this slipper? But then we were like, the way she's acting, we, we don't know. So. So I told her to reach out to Airbnb and try to do the acclaim, um, but you know, they were like, that's not your responsibility and that's on them. So it was out of our hands. So that was a crazy story. The most recent crazy story. Yeah. The damages I would have charged her for on the house were cost more than what the flip flop cost anyways. Like, why are you trying to break a window? And I'm like, if it was that important, how did you leave it? And you took video, like, it was just, yeah, it was Yeah. Did she ever send you the video of like, with like proof that the shoe was left? No, she did not. She did not. Uh, (laughs) If it was really there, she would have sent the video. Right. There's no way. You just, why? You know, it's like one of those things that you're like, 
I just, I had a guest one time that left their entire wardrobe in the drawers of our, our Airbnb. Like they opened up, there's like two dressers on either side of the bed and we opened up both dressers and like his and hers clothes were like fully stocked in both dressers. And I was like, did they just like leave with empty suitcases? (laughs) Just right. They zip them up and take off and they were so devastated, but they were like, you know, by the time they realized they were home, they were like six hours away and I'm like I don't I'm not shipping like three boxes (laughs) oh my god I've I've had to like meet up with guests I've had to ship them things like yeah we do I mean that's what we're talking about when I I always tell people I'm like look you know you got to make that check-in check-out process as like clean as possible because people just get some weird kind of anxiety like getting to and leaving vacations Wow! and I'm like don't you like double check triple check don't you look under the beds I'm just like I don't know it's the weirdest thing it's the weirdest travel anxiety makes me look at things more not less right (laughs) exactly exactly yeah different strokes for different folks we don't understand it but it's part of it i mean (laughs) you soon realize as a host that people do not travel with the same habits that you have if you're an avid traveler at all at all (laughs) yeah for sure crazy well um as far as we kind of you know start digging into questions here why don't you kind of give people our listeners a background of you know how many properties you have where you guys specialize in things like that just kind of talk about your uh journey so far and catch us up with where you're at uh yes so our journey well my i kind of started first and then i met alicia and then we kind of took off from there but um, my journey started with and we do have a niche um manufactured homes so we started there um for me i didn't have a lot of income um the pandemic had just happened i only had like ten thousand dollars to my name at the time um and that was in my 401k i mean i had other funds but that was specifically for living Um, and I had connected with this other girl and she was kind of into the mobile home space as well. Um, and she got an opportunity and I was like, okay, well, let's try to see where this goes. Um, from there we partnered up. I think we both put in maybe $6,000 a piece to purchase this mobile home. And we, I did most of the decorating because I'm also kind of like control freak, So she had went out of town and I was like, okay, this may be a good thing or a bad thing, but it ended up being good because I was able to like do all the decorating while she was gone. Um, Came back, we listed on Airbnb and it was instantly booked for like three months. And we were like, whoa, like I couldn't even fathom like literally putting $6,000 into something and instantly getting money from it. And so I knew from there that we had like, struck gold because I had always thought, like Alicia said, we got to put 20% down. We have to worry about taxes, maintenance, roof, like all of that stuff. But with a mobile home, there's not a lot of liability and risk when it comes to purchasing a mobile home. It's cash. You get a tag and a title. You don't have to worry about permits, anything like that. And a lot of the work that can be done around the home can be done by a handyman. You don't have to worry about getting, I mean, they are licensed, but as far as like contractor coming out and pulling permits you don't have to worry about any of that um so then when i met alicia and she had the same goal we decided okay hey let's partner up and then from there our portfolio kind of like grew very quickly in a matter of like months um we ended up getting another we ended up getting two airbnbs and then purchasing two other 
um, properties as well. And they ended up all being in the same park, just from us being in the park, talking to, to people, building relationships. Um, and so from there we did, I want to say four flips in a matter of what, six months? Six months. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you got moving. We you said, you know what? Let's go. <laughs> we were busy yeah. and we did a lot of, in the Airbnb specifically, we did a lot of the work ourselves. So we were painting. Alicia has like, she's heaven sent. I can't even like say that enough, like how she's come into my life and been such an amazing addition. Like <laughs> she does woodwork. She does like, she has all the tools. She's literally like Bob the Builder. So, um, <laughs> and then we have the same eye when it comes to design. So it's like our text messaging thread is insane. Like we're always yeah. like sending each other stuff. Our, I mean, every time we would get on the phone when we first met, it was like an hour mastermind every time of like what right. we wanted to do. Um, and so it was exciting to finally meet somebody that we, like, we both mesh, we got the same ideas and then the same like drive, I think is super important as well. Um, and I could be thinking something and she's already doing it. So it's, it's been like this amazing cohesive working partnership. So I don't know if you want to add anything, Alicia, about about our story yeah we reviewed like the rental arbitrage model um we considered financing a home but the price point of the manufactured homes like so the low risk the low entry point it just felt like such um it, it was just more stable for us and then we were seeing the returns so we might meet people that have more properties than us but our returns are obviously better so we're like we just need to copy and paste just duplicate this model um i am an avid diyer so i love to build i've done like everything in my house i mean so this is like a dream job. It's like not even work. So we pretty much like live at these properties and do everything from top to bottom. And we love a good theme. And so all yes. of our properties, are in the central Florida area, it's a hot tourist destination. So it just makes sense. So yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. So awesome. I have so many questions. I'm going to go off on a, on a tangent here. Um, so with these manufactured homes, with being in a mobile home park, can you move them or are they not mobile? Like if you wanted to say there was like, you know, something happened and all of a sudden it's oversaturated or the mobile home park that you're in was like, yep, nope, no more Airbnbs. We have to move them. Do you have the option of like putting them on a trailer or like trailering them up and moving them to a different location? With park approval, yeah. um, mobile homes are they're, they're mobile, right? They're not affixed to the land. So we do have a lot rent that we are paying because we're pretty much renting out the lot. So, so we do, we would have that option, but specifically the park that we're in, they, they have cottages for the purpose of short-term rental. Nice. Wow. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cause that's always like, I've never really dug into this like corner of it. Right. I've only, we've done arbitrage yeah. and we've done a ton of arbitrage and then we've also done purchase properties, but the glamping and the mobile heart thing, I've been like eyeing from afar. And it's one of those things that it's like, every yes. time I think that I'm like, maybe that would be an, a pain point. It's like, no, you literally could just move it. Like if somebody threw it, <laughs> pick the thing up and move it to a different one. Yeah. And then even like the guests that say there, like we don't get any, like you would think because people think trailers or whatever, but like yes. people don't, I mean, people are 
coming to book us. There's and we have a lot of competition here in Orlando. Like we yes. definitely do. So the fact that people are choosing to come and staying at a manufactured home, like because it doesn't look like that, like even though it looks like that on the outside, but on the inside, the way we've done it, it's like people are like, I want to stay here. Like this is a unique stay. Right. So, and it's close to Disney as well, which is really nice. Like we're four miles from Disney. So it's right. been like a really good spot as well, location wise for us. So, oh yeah. 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 That just goes <laughs> to show design. We preach all the time. Design can make the biggest difference. Absolutely. And yes, absolutely. That yes. is our biggest. I love that. I was going to say, which selfishly, like, thank God it pays out because I was going to do the design thing anyway. So like the fact that you make more money with it, I'm like, oh. Finally, somewhere I have an excuse yeah. to spend some money on more furniture and decor. Right. And decor, <laughs> right. Because right. right. it's, it's like, it's crazy because the, the units that we have were rented out just the way they were. Um, but both of us were like, um, no. <laughs> if right. we're going to put our names on this, we're going to like turn it. Because I remember taking my family to see it and they're like, oh, you can just rent it out just like this. And I had texted Alicia and I was like, well, my mom said we should just like rent it out. So I was doubting myself. And then I texted her maybe like a couple of hours. I was like, no, mm -mm, we're going to go in. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna flip this project. And literally, like she said, we were there probably like from eight, maybe even earlier, eight in the morning to eight at night, just every day for like six weeks. And like she said, it didn't feel like work. Like we were in the zone. We had music and it was just like for us therapeutic and it was fun. Um, to go through the process so oh my gosh I love that so much it's so amazing it's so amazing to you know to see and I know you've all seen this to to make the the listing active yeah and then to immediately get the response it's like oh, I feel I feel validated <laughs> I feel like all of this work was for and there's nothing better than getting those you know inquiries or those deposits yeah so it's so exciting oh my gosh I couldn't couldn't agree more Emily and I used to say that all the time yeah. like we went through this you know rapid fire phase of arbitrage properties in Dallas when when COVID first started because although we were in a position that we really couldn't scale our own properties we were like, you know, how do we stay in the space? And so we started partnering with so many investors that were just capitalizing on the fact that every single landlord was like desperate for tenants. Mm. And so we were same thing, you know, we're designing these properties, these little tiny one bed, one baths, and we would be in there all day long doing all the work ourselves as well. And we said the same thing. We're like, this is like, so much work, but it's so therapeutic and you turn on music and right. you blast it and you paint and you like put together furniture. And by the time you're done and when you start to see those bookings come in or you have the clients that you're designing for come back and they're like, this is our most profitable unit. Like, this is insane. I'm like, yes, uh, yes. <laughs> thank God. I can't yes, imagine if this wasn't an feeling. option for us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We live in such amazing times. So, yeah. Yeah. So when you guys flip these properties, are you flipping the properties that you're flipping and selling? Are you selling them to people who are living in them full time or are you selling them to other Airbnb hosts? So the two. So the park that we're in is kind of sectioned off and that's why it works. So the part that we're in with the Airbnbs, you can do short term rental there. Um, then they have like an RV section and then they have a section where it's like people that actually live there. So um, we do have, we have done a flip and sold it. And that was to somebody that was actually going to live there in the park. Nice. Very nice. Wow. I love all of that. 
And yeah. the mobile home parks in Florida, like I, everyone in Michigan's a snowbird, you know. So every, you know, everyone's yeah. grandparents and everyone's retired parents all go down to Florida all winter long, and so all right. of us are familiar with the mobile home parks in Florida because all of our grandparents have owned one there at one point or another. And the mobile home parks in Florida are just a different ball game. They're not like mobile home parks in the rest of the U.S. Where the rest of the U.S. you hear mobile home park and you're like, eee, wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you go to Florida and those mobile home parks are like bougie. Like, <laughs> like, wait a minute. Legit. <laughs> They're definitely legit. legit. Like, I even was like, when I first found out about like mobile homes, I'm like, mobile homes? Like, what? But starting to drive around, like you said, in some like we do have some parks that are obviously like I wouldn't go through. But for the most part, like we have some really good parks with good amenities and pools and like they're like just like a normal like subdivision community. So, yeah, that's amazing. Right. And then also also getting into the space and talking to folks and showing them what we've done to the property. It's definitely you know, making people open to the conversation, like, you know, with housing being so expensive, maybe mobile homes are something that I typically wouldn't have looked at, but I need to, because there's so much potential. Again, the, the entry point is so it's minimal compared to what, you know, it costs to have a regular home. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely starting these conversations. 100%. Um, Okay. Before I go on another tangent, I'll let Emily ask the next question. (laughs) You can't tell yeah, you'll, the talker. you'll get used to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you guys are obviously in a really, at least to us, a unique niche because we haven't experienced anybody who's been in your guys' niche before. And we're pretty transparent as, when it comes to like profitability of properties and you guys manage them yourselves. So you don't have to give exact numbers, but if, what would you say is like the range of profitability that you see being in a mobile home park and like how passive can you make it? <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. So um, anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I, what I will say about this, um, as you all know, is this business model is scalable, right? Airbnb came into this market and it totally changed you know, the way we do things. It's scalable. So it could be as passive as you want it. We love doing our cleans um, because it's so hard to find good cleaners. Um, so depending on what we've got on the calendar, we will go out there and do the cleans because we like our sheets ironed and everything a specific way. Um, but we do have the option to just run our business from our fingertips. So <laughs> it just depends on what you want to do. So whether it's a mobile home or rental arbitrage, it doesn't matter. It could be as passive as you'd like it to be. Um, as far as profitability, um, so let's just go to the first property. I think it was like $12,000. Um, and it was $5,000 for rehab, which brought it to 17000 And that property brings in $2,800 a month. Um, and then the second property, uh, was purchased at 27,000. Uh, we put five into it, bringing it to 32,000 and that one brings in $3,800 a month. And then the most recent property we got for 35,000, we put 4,000 into it and that brings in between 48 to $5,000 a month. That's amazing. Yes. Oh my God. Cash flow. (laughs) Yes. I love that. Um, So now I have more follow-up questions. Um, (laughs) I love it. So how much, 
much is it to rent the actual lot that you have to stay on? Because once you purchase the property, I mean, that's it, right? You've just got the yeah, monthly yeah. expenses of what the lot costs and then your utilities. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Well, the utility, well, I think it's the electric is included. So we're all in monthly between $750 and $800 a month. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then you factor in cleanings and internet, but... I mean, all in probably like 11, maybe like $1,100 all in with all of that stuff, but like with cleaning and supplies and stuff. So, oh yes, yeah, supplies. That's true. Yeah. And that goes up and down depending on, because we mm. also provide like Fiji water and, you know, snacks and stuff like that. Right. So, yeah. but all of that, I mean, you make your money back on, <laughs> on that end. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> You're creating a luxury experience for these people with That's that, incredible. Yes, right. that level of service. That's amazing. Oh, my God. And I think what's so beautiful about it is, like, you know, people spend so much time focused on arbitrage. And arbitrage has been absolutely beaten to death. I mean, landlords everywhere are like, you'll call a landlord, especially if it's a large complex and it's not like a first time landlord. And you'll call and you'll be like, hey, I'm asking, I'm calling about a corporate lease. And they're like, Airbnb, no. Like immediately, you know, everybody's, everybody's familiar. Yeah, everybody's jumped on that wagon. Yeah. And so, which, I mean, it was a, it was a beautiful, like, that's how we started, right? But we started in 2019 before it was beaten to death and before influencers like us screamed to the mountaintops that this was an option. (laughs) But I mean, this is such a good secondary option, right? Like the fact that you can really get into something for, you know, $30,000 and all of a sudden you're cash flowing several grand a month and, you know, you don't have all the the moving parts that you have when you actually own the property. It's such a good in-between phase of kind of, you know, the two options between arbitrage and, and ownership. And it's a unique stay. So, like, Airbnb is heading in that direction anyway. You're, you're getting prioritized yes. over arbitrage properties as well. Right. Yeah. And it's much more and scalable we, than a single-family right. home. Like, even if you're getting a low down payment single family home, usually there's like a decent amount of updates that need to happen if you're getting any sort of an affordable property and things like that. And so it's such a low investment up front to give you obviously good cash flow to then scale even quicker than with single family homes. Right. I love it. Yeah. And that's like the um, <laughs> main reasons why we chose this option, right? Because even with arbitrage, we're like, if something goes wrong, do we have to consult the landlord? Do we have the homeowner and say, I'm like, I, we didn't want to deal with that. And then we also wanted to theme it and design it as we, you know, as we, as we choose. And we actually own these properties. They're on rented land, but we own them outright. So that's, that's a huge thing. advantage too, because yeah. like, I mean, yeah. I spent two years like stabilizing my arbitrage properties. And last week we had a landlord that was like, look, we want that property back. Like I, I know, you know, your lease is up and we've, we've been great tenants. Like the relationship's been great. My assumption is that they probably want to do it themselves, but they totally have the power to do that. Right. Like, okay, sure. I've made great money off of it over the last few years, but like I have to collapse it and there's nothing I can do about it. I just have to like take that punch to the face and just be like, okay, we're, we're moving on. But for you guys, you own it. And if they were like, Hey, stop Airbnb. You're like, okay, trailer it up. We're moving it somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. Or I mean, you've already done all the work on it. And so you could, if, if you don't want to trailer it up, you could sell it right yes. to somebody else. And you, for sure. And with the new way that 
selling an Airbnb as a business is becoming a thing so you could sell it for significantly more than what you purchased it for anyways, based on the profitability that you guys have. So, mm -hmm. wow, okay. there doesn't sound like any downsides <laughs> right now. <laughs> we actually can speak to that. Yeah. Kanisha, I will let you speak to that very thing. <laughs> so um, actually, it's funny that you say that. So one of our properties, um, we decided... But we've been in, I've been in the park two years. Alicia's been in the park almost nine months now at this point, but we've been seeing a lot of things changing. Like we're all, we are realtors as well. So we all know that the market is hot, right? But we didn't realize that it would trickle down to the manufactured housing market as well. So while we were doing our rehabs and just talking to people in the park, we started seeing prices rising and we're like, okay, it started up at 25,000. Okay not too bad it went up to about 35 okay not too bad went up to about 40 then jumped to about 60 and we're like what is going on here like <laughs> and the thing is is they're only like 400 to maybe 600 square feet so they're small they're not big they're 2000 i want to say like maybe year 2000 so the, there's no like upgrades in them they still have wallpaper on the walls and i'm like wait people are buying these so people started to get hip to the Airbnb model that was going on in the park. Um, at one point, I think there was a guy that was selling five of them. And yes. they looked horrible, <laughs> but he wanted $70,000 a pop for them. And I'm like, what? Now, mind you, I first purchased, we first purchased our first one for 11000 So to see in a matter of, what, a year and a half, like uh, prices jumped in manufacturing <laughs> housing, we were like mind blown. So uh, we decided, we were like, you know what? We've had our we've had our success. We have other ones in the park. I was like, let's just list this one. And the agent that listed it, so there's like mobile home park dealers that are licensed to sell um, mobile homes. So we had built a relationship with him over the years that we've been in the park. And I said, listen, I want to list this at 84000 $900. And he's like, no way. There's no way. He's now he's lived in the park for 25 years and he's seen the park evolve into what it is now. And he's like, there's no way you're going to get that. He's like the highest price point I've seen was 67,000. And I was like, okay, well, let's just shoot our shot. Like, let's just see what right. happens. And he was giving us a lot of pushback. And cause he wanted to make sure that if it didn't sell, he wasn't on the hook, which I understand. We do the same thing as realtors. We want to make sure that our clients are very confident in what they're saying. So we ended up listing it. And I want to say a week later, we got a sight unseen offer from New Jersey at full price at $84,900 for a 400 square feet mobile home yeah. <laughs> that we paid wow. a lot for. So that was purchased like, for 11 grand. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that is crazy. I'll take it. From my 401k, that would have probably been, I mean, depleted with everything that's going on in the market right now. I would have not had that, to be completely honest, if I let it yeah. sit there. So, yeah. yeah. And why not test it out, right? I mean, it's making money. So if it doesn't sell, you're still making the money. Right. The but why not test the market and see if you can sell it for something like that? And, <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Yes, I love it. I love it. And I mean, it just yeah. goes back to that that same idea that like leaving it in something that is truly a passive investment, like a 401k or just throwing in the stock market, you just, mm -hmm. you don't have the same control as you do when you're in some sort of an investment yeah. and you're like intimately involved in it and you can see those ebbs and flows. And 
Yeah, I mean, this market has been insane. It's been insane for regular regular real estate, but <laughs> yes. specifically for buying and selling Airbnbs all the way across the board. Everyone that we've talked to and ourselves included in selling properties, we're like, this is out of control. <laughs> I know. And it's like, you can't even pinpoint it anymore. It's so unpredictable. It's like, you're kind of like shooting at a dart, like to see what's going to stick, who's going to, I mean, it's just crazy, especially with we have so many people from New York and New Jersey that are moving down here because their cost of living is astronomical oh, with the taxes crazy, and everything, yeah. property taxes. So it's like, hey, I'm going to cut down my cost of living to actually enjoy life. And I think that's what COVID taught a lot of people is that what's really important is enjoying life and cutting down expenses, especially because you never know what's going to happen. So that's definitely been what we've been seeing with a lot of people migrating down here and wanting to do this tiny home living. Yeah. But having yeah. all the amenities of Florida. Yeah, so. 100%. And you don't, I mean, yeah, ultimately, crazy. that resonates so, so hard with me because I'm like, ultimately, it's it's really not about how big your space is. Especially, I mean, if you've got a huge family, yes, you need more space than me yes. and my husband, right? There's only two of us. But yeah. like the smaller the space, it really is just about making sure that that space functions well. So as designers and people who are flipping these properties, it's like if you can get that space to function in a way that's efficient for the person walking in yes. and it's not going to break their bank, then it's going to feel like a luxury space to them regardless of size. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. What you guys yeah. are doing is insane. Absolutely. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> on so many fronts so, I love it I'm so interested in it I I mean I had like looked into it when Sarah said that she met you I had like looked into your stuff a little bit but this is just crazy I'm like it's so much yeah. further than I thought it was so what has been y'all's biggest challenge so far in real estate investing along your journey <laughs> I think that well there's a couple of challenges the first is cleaners <laughs> um, because they play such a crucial role in what we all do. They're at the forefront and they control our guest experience. So um, for sure cleaners, <laughs> that's been the biggest challenges. And then obviously there's, you know, some people you can't please, so you can do everything right. And I don't think that a lot of um, guests understand the five star, you know, scoring model. And they can say, oh, Phenomenal stay. We loved everything. Three stars or four stars. And it's like, why? <laughs> I feel it in my why? soul. You understand. You understand. So those are, I would say, our two pain points. The cleaners are a challenge. I mean, <laughs> it just is. It's like, you know, we have properties that are in the heart of DFW. So you've got, you know, cities and you've got a, and just a surplus of cleaners, but like, no great cleaners <laughs> you know yeah and then yeah and then we move out to the middle of nowhere and all of a sudden like okay we have a great cleaner but like if she ever decides to leave I'm like oh my gosh how hard is it gonna be to find another one because there's like <laughs> she's literally like the only one <laughs> I'm screwed yeah. yeah that's the constant battle with Airbnbs and it's like if it's not especially post-COVID like before, I feel like, you know, Airbnb was a situation where it was a less expensive option than a hotel. And so your standards were lower than a hotel. And now it's the exact opposite. It's like the stays that are getting pushed are the unique, 
beautiful. You can tell people have put time into it stays, but it means that people are willing to pay more. And when people are willing to pay more, they have a much higher expectation of what their experience is going to be like. And so it's not only a, a turnover, it's like, a deep clean every single time and you can't miss anything. And Correct. so, yeah, that, that just that anxiety after every single time where I'm like, yes. I will throw money at my cleaner. If I get any like extra pet fees, like any, any sort of extra income that we're bringing in on top of our regular rental income, we're like giving it to our cleaner. Cause we're like, please, for the love of God, stay. And please, oh, for the love amazing. of God, keep doing this incredible job <laughs> because we need you so that we can right. keep growing this. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's so true, especially for Florida, right? Like everyone's like, Oh, when I retire, I want to move to Florida. Florida has always been known to be like a retirement state. COVID happened. Everyone's down here. There's a lot of Airbnbs. And so I do believe that the cleaners are overwhelmed. You know, um, the last cleaner, one of the cleaners that we had, she was doing five cleans a day. So think about a turnover. So you can't get, (laughs) you can't touch every point in when you're doing five cleans in a day. After she did a clean, I think I found a shank. It looked like a jailhouse shank in the couch. (laughs) We found dildos under the bed. I mean, everything. And these were after cleans. So it's just those little areas that you don't really touch all the time. So it's interesting. We do always tell, Sarah always tells her cleaners now, make sure you look under the bed. Because I I stayed at a place in Austin, (laughs) Texas one time, and I found a dildo under the bed in a place I was staying in. And I was like, I like texted, we texted the guy and I was like, I found this, not a big deal. Just have them pick it up when they come in. And he was like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, just tell your cleaners to look under the bed every time from now on. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, it's one of those things that, I mean, you can tell your cleaners to pick up the cushions on the bed every single, or on the sofa every single time. You can tell them to look under the bed. But in reality, when they're cleaning that space three times a week and they're cleaning five other spaces on top of yours, like things, things are going to get missed. Um, And it's part of it. And, and it's just one of those things that it's like, when you find a good cleaner, that is, they are literally worth their weight in gold. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Yes. So I was just gonna say we we are very much so like control freaks a little bit. So we'll like go behind them, but I think that's also like that's like a double check system, right? Because like you said, they are doing a lot of cleans, and sometimes you do miss things. Um, so sometimes we'll pop by afterwards, and like take like a long break, make sure that there's no like. And hair is a big thing, I think, with Airbnbs. Like the amount of hair that we get sometimes from guests i'm like oh my god and sometimes they'll do a couple pass-throughs and they'll they'll vacuum and there's still like one piece of hair and i know how i am about hair so i'm like no we have to like (laughs) be very meticulous about that so i think that's one of another big challenge is just like making sure that little things like that are taken care of yeah well yeah I feel bad. I'm that person. I shed so bad. And so when I'm staying somewhere, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I don't know. Like, I'll pick it up myself, but it's still all just coming out as I'm walking around. Yes. I don't know what to do. That's it. It. Me too. Oh, my God. Me too. We, uh, our property in uh, northern Michigan is pet friendly. And it's a, I mean, it sleeps 10 people. So it's a big property to flip. And I mean, it takes them, I think, three or four hours every single time they're flipping it. But, you know, with pet hair, 
Like all of our rugs are ruggable. We yeah. ripped out all the carpet in the property specifically so we could host pets. And, you know, especially it being a lakefront property, like people want to bring their fur babies. People want that experience. Yeah. But every now and then, like we had a guest last week who we show that, you know, we advertise everywhere on our property that it's pet friendly and they booked it and they're allergic to pets. And she was like, I loved your property, but I was sneezing the whole time. And I'm like, there is just like no physical way once you allow pets in a property to get every single pet hair yeah, out. Right. Like, please, like if you're nope. allergic to animals, please don't stay here. <laughs> it's not the spot. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it's stressful, yeah. but I feel that. Good answer on the cleaners because you're right. That's a pain point for literally every single host ever. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Well, I've got another one for you ladies. So what is the most valuable piece of advice you've received from somebody in regards to investing? I would say it's don't underestimate the power of partnerships. And that was, well, you did say investing. So I was going to say, and that was um, within real estate, right? Because you can go further um, with partnership. You can go further faster. And then you also get to share um, you know, everyone's expertise or experience. And, you know, that's definitely what Kanisha and I bring to each other. I am Mrs. Bob the Builder. Um, she has an aesthetically pleasing eye and, she, you know, her backgrounds in design and stuff. So we definitely complement each other. So don't be afraid of partnerships. Like you might want to do everything, but you can't. So partner, partner with people. That's... Yeah, I agree. You can't know it That's all. That's so, I mean, Emily and I have, you know, been buddy-buddy since day one. We've been best friends for years. And and so our partnership was so natural from the get-go because um, we had partnered and lived with each other and done so many things together in the past that we knew we worked well together. But um, there's a lot of anxiety around partnerships beyond people that you've known forever because you just, you know, when you step into that that realm of understanding that, look, I need other people to grow and I need other people to help me turn this into something that's much larger than myself. It's scary because you don't know everyone as well as, you know, I know Emily or, or I know my other best friends. And so you're going to run into partnerships that are not going to work, right? You're going to run into situations yes. where you're, you're going to have bad partnerships and you're going to have bad relationships. And that, I think that portion of it stunts people <laughs> from like being able to step into it and, We've gone through that together and, you know, I'm sure we'll go through it time and time again, but it, it's still, a, regardless of the crappy partnerships that we've had along the way, still being open to partnerships has like exponentially Aww. increased our, our reach. Yeah, I would say we have had some experiences, but um, <laughs> I've had some experiences, but like I said, I like since meeting Alicia, I'm like, you know what, I'm good right where I'm at right now. Yes. <laughs> we have, we have yeah. this thing working, so. Yeah, well, it's and if you good. find someone you work well with, they say, just hang on to them and take them to the end because it's hard to come by. It really is. Yeah, because you might have to go through some bad ones to get some, to find a good partnership, yeah. so that's part yes, of it. Yes, it's like, it's literally like dating, so, um, and then, you know, <laughs> being able to, I think the biggest thing with the partnership is, being able to walk away and know that things are being handled exactly how you would want to be handled or even better. Um, so like with Alicia, I have that peace of mind that I know if I'm out of town, I literally like Ivan do Turo too. And Alicia has stepped in and been like, 
you're gone. It's fine. I gave her the app. She's like logged in and I'm like, are you sure? She's like, yeah, we're partners. And I'm like, oh my God, this is what a partnership is. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, it gives, gives you that peace of mind. It gives you that other person to like bounce off like ideas and then it alleviates that anxiety a little bit. Or even if you have anxiety, you can call them and be like, hey, listen, I'm freaking out. But you have that other person there with you to freak out. Amen to that. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Definitely been there. So. I know. I usually start my uh, bad conversations with Emily, and I'll text her, and I'll be like, I'm having another spiral moment, so brace yourself. <laughs> she's like, she's like, okay, here we go. Let's Aww. get on a Zoom call. Let's talk it through. We're due for our quarterly spiral. Go ahead. <laughs> It's dating. It's literally like dating. She already knows. Assume the position. Let's hatch out. Let's do it. Like, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I love it. Just, there's been so many moments that both of us would have just absolutely burned out at this point if we didn't have the other to, like, be the peak when one of us is in the shallow, you know? So, uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Partnerships really make or break your experience. And it can get lonely out here, you, you know? Like, uh, this is... Yeah, yeah this shit's not for the week. And if you're by yourself, it's just, no, no, I couldn't do it by myself. I don't even want to try and think about it. It just like gives right. me anxiety. Exactly. Yeah. No, I I'm will good. say that too. It does get lonely. So it is nice. For yeah. Sure, like you said. I think that's a, especially mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur and mm-hmm. everybody around you is not or doesn't understand or doesn't want to try to understand. And so to have somebody with you on the journey just makes it like to celebrate and all that stuff is just makes it a lot more. Sweeter, Absolutely. So. Yeah, for sure. I will say social media helps a lot, I think. And I know that like there are so many negative things that people say about yes. social media, but I think for entrepreneurs specifically, yes. it makes you feel like you have this like massive community behind you. You'll like see yes. people doing not exactly mm-hmm. the same thing as you're doing, but like they understand the struggle just the same as you do. And like Sarah and I, I mean, we have entrepreneurs from our hometown, but we were never like really in a group with other entrepreneurs and so we built our community mostly through social media yeah. honestly. and it makes a big difference yeah. <laughs> thank god <laughs> thank god there are other people <laughs> hang on to our hand as we <laughs> run through this <laughs> right um so i have yeah, another question but... for you ladies have you had any big pivotal moments in your investing journey so far that have kind of shook up the way your strategy was from the get-go i would I'll go first. I would say that um, we learned very quickly that, yes, this is real estate, but we are in the customer service and hospitality space first. And real estate is definitely secondary. And um, every customer touch point, so whether it's the confirmation of booking, the check-in instructions, or follow-up during the stay, um, all of that. Real and, and really also how we handle issues, all of that is a part of the guest experience and how we manage that will determine our ratings and our success. So you can do all the things right and mess that up and not be successful. You can find the best property, the best location, the numbers look good, design it from top to bottom. But if you don't deliver on that guest experience, then your business is going to fail. So I would say that that was like a big, a big pivotal moment because everyone talks about investing in real estate, but this is, this is, this isn't just investing in real estate. This is bigger than that. This is hospitality and customer service. 1000%. Yes. I actually today on, when we were on our drive back from Texas, we, uh, 
we're talking about Airbnb and um, and my husband's, we built an insurance agency that he runs pre like previous to investing in real estate. And now he's kind of going through this phase of seeing how he can transition into this side of things instead of insurance because he's just burned out and kind of sick of it. And um, and we were talking about that that portion of it right there about how it is real estate investing, but it's really not. It's like we're running these boutique hotels and then trying to figure out how to scale that boutique hotel at the same time. And so like the operation side and the investing side are so intimately involved, but your operations, if they're not top tier, you're never yes. going to be able to scale the investment side because you're just, you know, you may have an out the gate amount of success where like, okay, it's a new listing. There's new photos. There's, there's discounts. It'll run great for a year. But after that year goes by, if your operations aren't great and you don't have good reviews and you don't have repeat customers and you haven't really sunk your teeth into you know, establishing something really, really sustainable and, and having a heart-centered hosting technique that one of our past hosts have kind of coined that term, um, you're not going to be successful. You're right. It's going to burn. It's going to crash. You're not going to enjoy this. You're going to get pushed out, whether it's your guests pushing you out or Airbnb pushing you out. It's not something that's sustainable in today's Airbnb market at all. So yeah, that lesson yeah. is one that we've, we'll preach over and over again, and I could not agree more with you on that. <laughs> Emily, do you have one more question, or is it my turn? Yes, I've got one final question for you ladies before we start wrapping up. What would you say is your least favorite part of the process for Airbnb? I will say, for me, the least favorite part would have to be... Um, going back to like the review part of it is that sometimes you cannot control like the guests leaving you a review. That part to me gets a little challenging um, because I'm like, that is not a correct or accurate review, but I can't really challenge it the way I want to, because I don't know if you guys ever called it Airbnb support, but they are sticklers when it comes to, I think Alicia's gotten a lot better at this than I have when it comes to getting reviews removed. But when they leave like a good comment, but then the stars don't align, that is the part for me that is the most challenging because I just can't wrap my head around it. I'm like, like, why? I don't understand. Like, <laughs> yes. And I take, I take the part when we don't get five star reviews, I am upset. <laughs> Same. Yeah. yeah, people, I don't think people fully, because we've been trying to tell people that on social yeah. media, right? That like, if you're not going to leave a five-star review, it's honestly to not better leave to just one. not leave one. Yeah. But they yes. don't get that. People don't understand because somebody will be like, well, a four-star review for me is really good. And I'm like, but it's not for yeah, you. It's no. for the host. And I need you <laughs> to need not those, leave your four yeah, stars, super, please. Super host status. Yeah, yeah. It's, I've seen like, I've gone yeah. into some Airbnbs where they have like a magnet on the fridge that I like explains the difference between a five star and a four star and i'm like i need one of those <laughs> oh yeah i need one of those too yeah for sure. yeah and it's like it's the craziest thing it's like we enjoyed ourselves this is the best airbnb ever but a fly was in the house well you left the door open so i mean we're in florida i think there's that's a the hard part too so, we we live in florida and there's a multitude multitude of pests and bugs and it's the summer so yeah. then you come in so we do leave like notes like hey don't leave food out don't do this and then they call us and they're like oh we have ants in the kitchen so we're like okay we'll be out there you know by end of day we go out there and there's food in the kitchen and it's like 
we specifically told you <laughs> yeah that don't leave food out trash and they're not like <laughs> trash and it's yeah. it's it's so hard because we do spray but it's in florida so you know anything can get into the yeah. house and they're trying to get inside so that's probably been one of like the challenges is calling us for things that could have been you you sometimes wonder you're like is this the first time you've left your house in a while like what is the deal I know I know and at least they're few and far between I always tell like my my philosophy behind it is we always have one pain point guest per month and you'll have one issue per month per property and that's it (laughs) so if you can get through that one you're in the clear, but you know, the vast majority of guests are great. Right. It's just the, the ones that aren't great really yeah. aren't great. And it tends to spiral very quickly. Right. Yeah. I will say overall, <laughs> we've had really good guests, right? Yes. Yes. And we've done a better job at reading like the terms and conditions on reviews and stuff and disputing a lot. Like if there's something beyond your control, Airbnb will support in trying to support you and trying to remove them. Like if there, if a fly is in the hat like that, the, the the stay was phenomenal. I mean, but that's beyond our control. So we can fight yeah. and get those. Re- yeah, for sure. Removed. And sometimes so if you call year. Airbnb support <laughs> twice, yeah. like the first time you'll get someone that's like, absolutely not can't review it. like uh, we're not doing it. And then you'll call back like 15 minutes later. And they're like, Oh, yeah, sure. Whatever. We'll take it out. And I'm like, just gotta get somebody on a good day honestly right well i think that wraps up the amount of questions we have for you guys i have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation you've got my uh wheels spinning up here i'm gonna open up a mobile home park in michigan (laughs) oh emily emily you gotta get ready (laughs) i know well shoot i'm on the train now after this i'm like we're going mobile home park apparently (laughs) it sounds like the way to go we appreciate you guys so much coming on um i'm sure we'll connect with you again um for our listeners if they want to get involved in following the mobile home park journey and your guys's journey in general where can they find you oh where can they find us alicia We will begin to <laughs> post more on social media and leverage we, that. But in the meantime, we are not as good as you, Sarah, when it comes to social media. Sarah is absolutely on it when she's posting. We do have an Instagram page. You can you can definitely follow us at Queens Who Flip. Um, we have a lot of content that we need to compile and get together. Um, so you can definitely follow us on there. I would say. Um, I also have an Instagram where I kind of post as well, too. Um, this Girl Flips Houses. So you can follow us there as well. But we do have a YouTube channel coming out soon. So we are excited about that. Yeah. We'll get to show yeah. you guys the, the behind the scenes. So we are very yes. excited about that. Look, I, I, I you see my face a lot, but that's all Emily on the posting front. I record everything and I'm like, Emily, help. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. okay, so Alicia, that's what we're going to have to do because she doesn't <laughs> want to be on the camera. So she, I told her you have to do something else. I've warmed up. I've warmed up. I do all of our editing and posting. I have us on a schedule. Oh. Sarah, Sarah ah. can't be. Sarah cannot have a schedule. I do Sarah's schedule for her. Not, That's I just not who it. she is. So I'm Sarah. But you're not, I'm oh, Sarah good. and Emily's community. Yeah, I was, yeah, I yeah. was going to say, Alicia, you're going to have to learn how to do the edits and the we haven't gotten to the rules yet, so guys, bear with Dude, us. It's a lot. It's a lot, you know. It is. It is. We're realtors it is too, so it's like 
that is a challenge in itself navigating no, both yeah, of those. Yeah, you can't do so. it all. And you've really got to double down on the things that are putting the most money in your pocket. So we get it. <laughs> well, beautiful. Well, we will tag everything or Emily will tag everything below. Yes, I'll tag everything in the um, bio of the YouTube video that will come out and in the podcast okay. episodes. But also, if you guys are coming out with the YouTube channel, if you have it already set up, if you want to send a okay. link, I, we can have people pre-subscribe to your channel so they'll be ready when all of your videos start okay. coming out because that'll be really nice they should get notified when your videos start okay, coming perfect. out so i will put everything in the bio and then yeah you can find sarah and i at the carwells and at superhost labs on all platforms oh. yes thank lady. you for coming Thanks and for to our listeners us. thank you again for following along we'll catch you next time bye